This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, Susie here, and you're listening to the Paddle and Fin podcast with uh, my segment, Adventures uh, with Outdoor Woman. I'm your host, Susie Roloff. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, my first time going solo right now. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, so um, I've had some interesting uh, events uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, if any of you guys were following uh, my Facebook page, uh, either my personal one or my outdoor woman one, um, I was up in Manaqua back on um, the 9th and 10th for the Great Lakes Kite Fishing Series event up there. Um, I am the main director for them, so uh, was up there kind of fishing for fun. I had a couple of online tournaments that I was fishing for as well. And uh, talking with uh, Martin Quick and Greg Vickers, they uh, both live up in that area, got some... uh, insight on some uh, different waters to fish um, to try to get some uh, monster smallmouth and uh, yeah I smashed them on uh, Friday when I was up there all using a jerk bait it uh, was probably one of the best besides St. Clair I mean it, it's up there with St. Clair but it was simply amazing and it was a small little lake too so you had to make a about a third of a mile portage uh, to get to the body of water. And plus you had to stop at a DNR check station to fill out a little permit form um, to let uh, the DNR know that you were going to be fishing there. And it has a little sheet that you uh, can track your catches with and everything. Um, they like to kind of monitor to see uh, what kind of fish people are catching in there and what size. Uh, so anyway, I had gotten up pretty early, and uh, may, it was about a 30-minute drive uh, from the little cabin I was staying at. I made the drive early morning Friday. I had uh, left work uh, the Thursday before I left work about 3, and 
it was about a six and a half hour drive. So I got in there about probably about 9.30, So it was a long drive, but uh, I got back up at about 5.30 the next morning, drove to the lake and uh, made my portage, uh, which I realized that uh, I am desperately out of shape when it comes to portaging, <laughs> but uh, that's a work in progress. Um, join the gym. <laughs> but um, yeah, once I got out on the water, it was, it was, wasn't quite crystal clear, but it was still pretty clear. It was kind of like an emerald green color. The water temps were, I believe it was like 74. And it was just, it was amazing. And I launched out um, kind of from this little gravel area and uh, started throwing the jerk bait. And within five minutes, I had my first small mouth. And I fished, I probably got on the water about 6.30. And I got done, I would say it was about 2.30. And I lost count of how many fish I had caught. It was unbelievable. You know, I mean, I had a, a mixed bag of different sizes. You know, I had some smaller ones, but the majority of them, I would say, were anywhere between 15 and 19. I mean, you guys had seen my pictures uh, from the day. So it was, it was amazing, except for the little incident I had. So, um, <clears throat> I've been kayak fishing for gosh, about six, seven years now, and I've never experienced an embedded hook before. I mean, I've been poked and prodded and cut and finned and everything in between, but never yet, uh, experienced the embedded hook until that day. So, I had landed a smallmouth on a, uh, it was just a Bass Pro jerkbait, and uh, I was reaching into the water uh, to lip them, and my hand was kind of on the right side of the mouth, and the jerkbait was on the left side, and pull it up out of the water, and these things would not stay still on the board for the life of them. Like, I would, like, hold my hand on them. And as soon as I would release pressure, they'd start flopping around. So they were very uh, uncooperative smallmouth. But uh, once I got him out of the water, he started flopping right away and flopped me really good. And I felt the poke in my finger and I thought, oh, no, because I kind of knew what had just happened. But I wanted to think that it was just a poke and nothing too big. So... Uh, got the fish off of the hook, threw him back in the water, and looked at my hand, and lo and behold, I had an embedded hook. It was in my uh, <clears throat> uh, ring finger on my right hand, and uh, it was embedded pretty good. Uh, if you're really curious to see what uh, it looked like, I do have uh, pictures on uh, Facebook from uh, the incident. So I was like, oh man, I not only do I not have any split ring pliers, but I also don't have any type of pliers that can cut anything as well. So I was like, man, I am not in really the best situation right now. So I looked around on the water and saw another um, uh, couple out in a uh, paddle boat out there, uh, or a rowboat, I should say, and uh, paddled up to them, you know, and asked them, I was like, hey, do you guys, you know, have any split ring pliers or something that can cut through a hook? And, uh, there was a, a guy and, uh, his wife and their daughter and, uh, uh, the guy was more squeamish than what, uh, the gal was, but I had asked, Hey, uh, you know, I've got an embedded hook. I just need to, you know, get the hook off of the lure and 
like, I was like, no, I just, all I have is needle nose pliers. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I got too. You know, I was trying to fumble around with it because of where it was embedded and I'm right-handed. It was really difficult to, um, uh, get, uh, you know, kind of uh, a grip and try to remove the hook from the lure without having split ring pliers. So I moved on and, um, uh, found another, uh, kayaker, um, just a little sitting kayak, a uh, lovely old lady. Um, gosh, I can't remember her name. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> um, but a really, uh, nice lady, uh, was fishing there and, uh, she had just landed a nice smallie. And I asked her, I was like, Hey, do you happen to have any split ring pliers? And she didn't as well. And she's like, well, my husband might, he's, uh, you know, waiting over there fly fishing. So I was like, well, that's awesome that he's out here fly fishing. <laughs> So uh, I paddled over to him, you know, no luck with him as well. And I'm starting to think, man, this is <laughs> really uh, not going my way right now. I might, uh, might need to call in some extra help. So um, I made my way up to shore and uh, there was a, a family setting up a tent and uh, getting ready to uh, start a campfire and whatnot. And I asked them if they had any split ring pliers or something that could cut through the hook. And sure enough, they didn't as well. So uh, I contacted my buddy, um, Greg Vickers, who kind of lives in the area. And I was like, hey, man, I kind of need some help. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, you know, he was more than willing to help. He's like, all right, I'll be there in about, I think he said like 30 or 40 minutes. So uh, I kind of awkwardly got all of my stuff kind of stowed together. That way it'd be easy to um, get the kayak out of the water once uh, Greg got there and whatnot. So he, he shows up and uh kind of takes a look and he's like all right so he, he brought split ring pliers and then he had these huge behemoth of like wire cutter things <laughs> it looked like a, a padlock cutter um but he's like okay you know and so we tried using the split ring pliers and because of the awkward placing it was on my finger we were actually having difficulty with that and so he's like, well, I can try to cut through the, the O-ring and just, you know, remove it that way. He's like, all right, we'll try that. And mind you, you know, I, I hadn't really felt any pain from the hook this entire time. I mean, like if I moved it in a weird way, I could kind of feel it in my finger. But, you know, nothing too extreme. And it didn't even really bleed, which kind of surprised me, too, for being a deep wound. But, um... So he got the, the big bolt cutters, as I would call them, and uh, was working away at getting that cut off. And that was probably the worst part. Because when he started cutting it, started putting pressure on the hook, which kind of made it dig a little bit deeper in my hand. <clears throat> but then once we got that off, um, we uh, got uh, that put away. And then we uh, walked back to his truck back at the head of the trail and huge kudos to Greg Fickers for hauling my kayak back. You know, I tried helping him by, uh, picking it up by uh, one side as well, but, um, huge shout out for him helping me with that. So we got back to the parking lot and, uh, get into his truck and, uh, he had, um, I got, I can't remember what it's called, like a uh, lidocaine or whatever to numb my finger. And, I was like, well, I don't know if I really need to do that. But he's like, well, we'll do it just in case, just be kind of uh, because of how it was angled in my finger. And so he numbs it up, you know, and I'm sitting there and, you know, doesn't hurt or bother or anything. He's like, all right, you know, here we go. And bloop, 
pulled it right out. Didn't even bleed or anything. So it, <laughs> it was quite the adventure getting an embedded hook in a location as such, you know, being, you know, a third of a mile down a trail and having a hook in my finger that I couldn't take off of the lure. So <laughs> it was a, a very interesting experience, <clears throat> but uh, still... Um, you know, pretty humbling altogether. So um, packed up and then I had went to a, a local bait store. And of course, I uh, picked up a pair of uh, split wing pliers uh, to always have in my kayak. I had always meant to get some to have in my kayak because I was like, man, there's going to be that one day where I get a hook in my finger and I'm going to, you know, wish I had one. Well, sure enough, you know, that's what happens. So now I have a pair that always lives in uh, my kayak for now. Um, so then, uh, got together with, um, the, uh, Great Lakes staff and, um, other, uh, participants at, uh, Slow's Pub to kind of, uh, meet and greet and kind of hang out for a little bit. Then, um, it was, uh, tournament day the next day. <clears throat> and, uh, of course I had went back out to the same lake I had been to, um, just cause, you know, I was out there to kind of have fun. And since I'm the main director for Great Lakes, you know, I didn't compete in the, uh, tournament just cause, um, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I know some anglers might see it as a conflict of, of interest. You know, they may think that directors have an advantage, which we don't, <laughs> um, which will be another topic for a podcast later on. But, um, you know, just kind of personal reasons and whatnot, but, um, not that I regretted it or anything, but, uh, just chose to, um, you know, not participate, but I wanted to fish in a pretty awesome lake anyway, <laughs> that wasn't part of the, uh, tournament anyway. So I went back out, um, and, uh, the bite wasn't really as good as it was, but I still caught, um, it's a really nice, uh, small mouth. But, uh, <laughs> on Friday I had lost two jerk baits, pretty sure to pike or maybe musky. I think Greg said that there might be some big musky in there, but either way, I lost two of them to something. And then Saturday I lost four more. <laughs> so <laughs> my jerk baits uh, were, uh, very quickly depleted. Um, over that weekend, but, uh, made a couple orders to restock. Um, but man, those things add up fast. Um, you know, two of them were mega bass, um, which, you know, those aren't cheap. And those were just the juniors, which are about $19.99. The regular ones are $24.99 a pop. So yeah, you think four lures is like over a hundred bucks. It's not, it's not very cheap sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, they are pretty awesome baits. Um, so then, um, uh, judging the tournament out on the lake, um, packed up about noon or so that I headed to slows to finish judging, wait for everybody to check in and, uh, everybody got checked in. Um, you know, judging was complete. Everything uh, seemed to roll pretty smoothly and I decided to make the drive home, uh, that Saturday night just cause, you know, it was a six and a half hour drive. I really wanted to get home and, you know, I contemplated staying out there a third day, but, um, it, it was, it was kind of, I was kind of ready to come home. So I made the drive home and, uh, Sunday, then I kind of took the day to kind of recover and, um, uh, clean up and whatnot. Well, then I believe it was Monday night and yeah, Monday night I was, uh, contacted about a, um, dispute, but I was like, well, the 24 hour period is already over, but you know, I 
still will always review things and, you know, hear people out. And there is a lot of controversy about a uh, possible launch location, about whether or not it was public, private, etc. And what took me probably two and a half days to try to figure out and do research on, um, I'd finally had to come to a conclusion with, um, you know, the inquiries. And even though it was past the 24-hour mark, there wasn't really anything that could be done. But, um, you know, it's kind of what went with the uh, uh, KBF members page. They had made a post about, um, you know, public access versus uh, equally accessible um, for the national championship in Louisiana because there was a lot of discussion about, well, if I have a resort that has a launch, is that public, right? Well, no, not necessarily. It's a matter of, um, you know, is it public access or equally accessible? <clears throat> not necessarily who owns the launch site as well. Um, so what that kind of means is a privately owned launch site may be open for free or for a fee to everyone and kbf considers that a public access point now if access is granted to only certain people or a certain number of people kind of like a launch ramp that is authorized for a resort or campground guest only then kbf does not consider that a public access point um, this doesn't mean that you can open the launch site at a property you are renting for participation in an event that was not previously open to the public. So you, you can imagine the complexity that can revolve around an issue such as this and whatnot. So it, it took me some time to kind of do some investigation as to, you know, um, the launch area, you know, was it public, was it private, you know, was it equally accessible, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, turns out it was equally accessible. So, uh, you know, there wasn't any um, uh, rule impingement um, by anybody. So at least, you know, that was that outcome. Um, but yeah, congrats to, you know, our winners. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, fifth place, I know, was Rodney Hicks. Uh, way to go, man. Fourth place was David Elaine, I think that's how you say his last name. Sorry if I butcher it, David. Uh, third place was Keith Gelhar. Second place was Calvin D, who also had Big Bass. And he had some monster smallies. And then taking home first place, uh, Mr. Don Thompson. Um, we've got a, um, a shootout for our AOI race right now. Um, it's very close between Don and Keith, so it's been uh, exciting to see you know, these guys do get out at uh, these events and our final events coming up in Prairie du Chien <clears throat> at the end of September. So that'll f determine who our AO winner is. And uh, they'll be able to take home uh, a minimum of $500 cash. So, yeah, that's uh, that was a pretty exciting weekend. And then uh, let's see here. This past week... Um, I, let's see here, I decided to um, just kind of stay home and fish some local waters. And, of course, you know, go went out to my uh, home lake, uh, Banner Marsh. Um, the weather had been kind of nice. I mean, it wasn't, like, ungodly hot and humid. It was actually pretty decent. There was some overcast and some wind, which, uh, to me, you know, that means topwater bite and plopper bite, which is always a 
uh, number one go-to for me at Banner. And, uh, you know, if you've been watching my leaderboard, you know, you can uh, see that uh, it's definitely worked for me. But um, that was pretty good. But then, <laughs> uh, you know, it seems like um, life was like, well, you've never had an embedded hook before. So we're going to, uh, you know, have all this time that you never had one and shove it into a week. So on Saturday, when I was out fishing at Banner Marsh, sure enough, I got another embedded hook from a whopper popper. So I was fishing weed edges and uh, I'd gotten stuck in some weeds and kind of jerked it real fast. And it was kind of close to me and I probably should have known better and comes and bam, right into my uh, kind of lower right leg shin area. And it wasn't very deep or anything. Again, you know, it didn't really hurt or anything like that. And uh, whatnot. So I was like, well, I'll take opportunity and kind of film what I'm doing. Of course, you know, I kind of thought about that after I did the fact I was like, well, I probably should have held it differently or whatever. But, um, regardless, it was still, you know, kind of a, another learning opportunity, uh, for me and myself, uh, for that as well. Um, uh, so this podcast will be airing um, Wednesday the 21st, um, which is also my husband's 36th birthday. So if you know him or don't know him, uh, give uh, Adam Roloff a big shout out for happy birthday. Um, let's see here. Other news that's been going on. So I made a last minute decision to uh, fish in a tournament this coming weekend, uh, the 24th. I kind of contemplated it uh, for a while and was kind of hemming and hawing and wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I was just like, well, you know what? I think I'm going to fish and had to have some convincing from uh, a couple other anglers as well. But uh, I signed up for the uh, first uh, Hobie event that I'll be participating in. It's the satellite event on the White River in indiana this saturday so i'll be driving to indiana this friday after work uh, i'll probably get in about seven or so no time to pre-fish or anything like that and fish the tournament on saturday so i figure you know what why not you know i mean push myself um want to uh you know see what i can do and uh yeah go from there Sorry about that. I had to pause for a second. Uh, somebody's messaging me, and of course, I forgot to uh, mute my phone while I'm uh, recording my podcast. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, looking forward to um, challenging myself this weekend to uh, not only new waters, but a uh, new type of water for me. You know, I come from fishing. Um, kind of bigger lakes, uh, marshes and whatnot. And fishing a shallow river isn't, uh, really anything I've ever really done. I've, um, I've been canoeing on a river before down in, um, Oklahoma, uh, many years ago, but you know, I didn't fish or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see, uh, how well I can pull it off going in kind of blind and, no pre-fishing or practice, and uh, yeah, see how it goes from there. So, yeah. Let's see here. After that, uh, we'll be coming up then on the last weekend of August, which is pretty quiet for me still. Uh, kind of had some lulls and uh, tournaments. I've uh, been kind of trying not to 
go too overboard uh, because September is pretty crazy for me. <clears throat> so um, we'll talk about the rest of my schedule, then we'll talk about uh, my next episode and uh, things after that. Anyway, um, next event coming up uh, is going to be um, Saturday, September 7th, which is the Salmon Tournament with the Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series. And I am super excited for that. Um, I know I talked about it on my uh, episode last time, and uh, I'll talk about it again. It's uh, it's amazing. If you guys have never fished for salmon before from a kayak, um, for king salmon that is, um, on Lake Michigan, it really is a treat. And uh, it's an experience in itself, but um, also I highly highly suggest you know you do some research beforehand and make sure that you are prepared um for um you know weather conditions and water conditions so um one of the greatest risks about uh being on lake michigan is the water temperature and then also that time of year it can actually be kind of chilly so um following the 120 rule if the air temperature and the water temperature don't add up to 120 then um, you should be fishing in a dry suit Um, so that way if you do happen to fall over and out you're not uh, at risk for hypothermia Um, but um, the unique thing about um, the Manitowoc marina is that uh, it's got a big um, bay that's got uh, retaining walls that helps protect it from uh, wind and waves and then uh, we also give anglers the option to fish up the uh, river as well that feeds out into the mouth of the harbor Uh, that way you know if there are really bad conditions uh, out on the main lake uh, people have a uh, place to still fish because those kings will still go up uh, river and uh, you'll still catch them up there as well but uh, yeah the biggest king that I ever caught, um, you know, I don't remember how much it weighed. I didn't actually have a scale the first time I uh, fished the uh, salmon event, but I'd only caught one salmon, and I was literally hooked the first time. Um, you're trolling for salmon that time of year. Um, they're very aggressive with the uh, with the spawn, and the males and females they'll they'll bite just about anything, and um, a lot of uh, um, gosh, now I'm going to blank on it again, but a lot of, um, oh, yep, I'm totally blanking on it, but a lot of, uh, Berkeley, um, flicker shads, there we go, um, painted in Wonder Bread or kind of chartreuse, even purples, pinks, you know, just about any color, lime green, um, they don't even have to dive down very deep either, you know, you get yourself some of those, but you got to change the hooks on those, um, because if you leave the standard hooks on those, you're going to get a fish on and it's going to bend those hooks or possibly break them right off. Um, so make sure that you get something that can handle a 15 to 30 pound king salmon. We had a guy who caught nearly a 30 pound king one year and he battled it for probably about two hours. And no joke, it can take you that long to battle a fish out there. So make sure you're prepared and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that go to this tournament every year who um, have been doing this for quite a while, not only via kayak, but um, via boat as well. So if you guys need, you know, 
other people to talk to if you got questions about gear, um, you know, what kind of rods and reels to use, um, that type of thing. You know, I can hook you up with some guys, um, you know, if you're, you know, just wanting to try it, just to try it, you know, come on out, you know, we're, we're not going to turn anybody away who just wants to come out and have a good time. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that, hoping to have a good spawn this year and, uh, hoping to have some giant Kings. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, so then after that, the second weekend in September, I'm going to be staying at the <laughs> castle, um, which is uh, just a short distance away from Otter Lake, which is where the Kayak Bass League Championship um, is going to be at. That's going to be a two-day tournament that will be on both Saturday and Sunday. Um, so a little kind of sort of backstory when it comes to the Kayak Bass League Championship um, at least for me personally, I have always done absolutely terrible at those. I think last year I may have only caught one fish. Um, and you can imagine what, uh, what that kind of did to me, uh, mentally and emotionally. Um, I didn't take it well. Um, I remember, you know, kind of just putting myself down and was just like, man, I suck at this. You know, I only caught one fish out of the two days while other people, you know, some, I think, uh, uh, Titus caught like a 20 or 21, you know, and he just kept on chugging on. And I had actually lost a couple of fish, um, either cause they uh, jumped in through the hook or just would miss bites. But, uh, it, it did kind of take a heavy toll on me, but, uh, this year, you know, I'm kind of, I'm just going to go in and just tell myself, all right, you know, listen, yeah, it's a championship, but, um, you know, I just need to go in with a clear head and just, and just calm down, you know, just fish like I'm fishing any other day and not feel pressured and not feel like, you know, I have a lot of, um, like expectations, you know, that's, that's one of the bigger things as, you know, I don't, and I don't know if I really consider myself like really popular right now. I'm not saying that I want to be a star or anything. God, that'd be crazy to be in the huge spotlight, but it's, it's a big enough, uh, um, pushing my, uh, boundaries right now to be on a podcast. But, um, you know, as you, and being a woman too, you know, sometimes I put these expectations on myself to, you know, have to feel like I have to prove myself or have to show, you know, that, yeah, I can fish better than everybody or, yeah, I can, um, you know, fish um, as good as some of these top anglers. And just because I'm a girl, I can, you know, fish too. So sometimes, you know, those are things that either I just get too deep into my head and, you know, it, it's also part of, you know, having... Um, you know, depression as well, which, um, I've kind of dealt with, uh, for a good majority of my life, but, um, you know, not wanting to have like a, a sad sap story or anything like that, but, you know, I feel it's still important to, you know, kind of talk about it a little bit because, you know, statistics nowadays, I believe it's what one in four or one in five people deal with some sort of, um, mental, uh, setback, you know, as I kind of like to call them. So whether it be depression, anxiety, 
um, uh, bipolar, whatever you want to call it. You know, lots of people deal with different things. And it's it, it can be tough sometimes. You know, some people can take things and not think twice about it. And then other people take things to heart because that's just who they are. You know, but the the one amazing thing about kayak fishing is that it has helped with me so tremendously with, you know, this aspect in my life. You know, it, it, it took a lot of a lot of um, gut <laughs> and gall to actually, you know, uh, ask and inquire about the very first uh, kayak fishing tournament I competed in. I mean, I knew there were, you know, it was mostly guys, but I also wasn't really as aware as I am now, especially about, you know, kind of the persona and not necessarily taboo about women in this, in the fishing industry, but just, you know, kind of that, not necessarily barrier, I'm not sure what you would call it, but, you know, I, I wasn't as aware as what, you know, struggles and triumphs and challenges I would be faced being a woman in the kayak fishing industry. And, you know, with the warm, welcoming arms that I have been, you know, introduced with, you know, in all the different clubs and organizations with, you know, kayak fishing, it's, you know, helped given me confidence. You know, the fact that I had, you know, people uh, wishing me good luck at my first championship when I didn't know anybody or anything about it, it meant the world to me because, you know, uh, even though I thought I was a nobody, I still kind of feel like I'm a nobody sometimes in some aspect, <laughs> but that's, you know, mental illness for you. But, you know, having people there to cheer you on and, you know, having people there to help you, especially, you know, and there's still people out there who will still help me and answer my questions, which still kind of boggles my mind because I'm like, they're still answering my questions, even though I've been asking them these questions for the past six years. But that's that's the whole camaraderie about this sport, you know, and it's actually a really big thing for me, especially being a woman, because, you know, sometimes it, it takes a lot of courage just to kind of reach out to other male anglers, you know, <clears throat> just to get some advice and input. Um, you know, there was one time I had posted a video. Um, I was frog fishing out at Emaquan, and uh, I believe it was, yeah, Alan White, uh, Weedmeyer had uh, reached out to me, and he's like, you know, you can uh, adjust your grip on your bait caster to have a better hook set. And I was like, well, holy crap, I didn't even think about that, you know, because that was probably my second year I had been using a bait caster. So it was still new to me. And I still kind of didn't know what, what I was doing. Sometimes I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing. But the fact that they he reached out to me and gave me advice and suggestions on how to improve upon that skill was like huge. And many other things and ways that people have you know, reached out to me or, you know, people ask me questions now about, you know, fishing down in this area. It's, it's so impactful and just so encouraging to know that, you know, there are, you know, people out there who may kind of look up to me, you know, and I look up to so many people in these clubs and groups that I don't think a lot of these people know that I do. But anyway, I've kind of gotten a little sidetracked <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, um, 
going back to, you know, kind of the the mental aspect of everything, you know, with, with the upcoming championship, it's, you know, it, it, it can be tough to not, you know, let yourself get lost in your head. And, you know, there's even times where, you know, I'm doing online tournaments even, and I'm out fishing and I'll start to kind of get into that thought pattern of, man, I just can't find any upgrades right now. You know, I mustn't, you know, have what it takes or I just mustn't, I just can't figure them out. And, you know, I constantly still have to stop myself and say, hey, it's all right. It's, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's just fishing. And I'm like, I need to stop, you know, worrying so much about, you know, these different things and just, you know, enjoy fishing. Um, cause sometimes I think I forget to do that sometimes, which is, uh, one of the main things that I did when I was up in Manaqua is I was like, even though I'm going to be judging a tournament, I'm going to be out here just to have fun and enjoy this awesome lake. And I did, and it was worth it even with the embedded hook. So definitely going to try a different uh, mental aspect with, um, the uh, championship this year so uh, hopefully I can keep my head in the game but again you know sometimes it's it's a easier struggle or harder struggle depending on you know days and stuff like that but uh, yeah and then another really tough decision that I am still on the fence about is the uh, KBF Central Region Trail final on Table Rock Lake so I just found out uh, last week, yeah, today's Tuesday. Yeah, I found out last week that I qualified for that tournament, and I didn't think that I was gonna be qualified for it. Um, but because I placed 15th at Lake St. Clair for the KBF Trail event there, that uh, qualified me for this tournament. So now I have to try to make a decision of all right. Do I go compete? <clears throat> uh, Table Rock Lake from home right now is about a six hour and 45 minute drive. So I would definitely have to leave Thursday um, if I wanted to pre-fish at all on Friday. And then, of course, you know, it's a two day tournament. Well, you know, day two, it's, you know, not going to get done over <laughs> early or anything like that. So I'd have to take that Monday off of work. And my PTO has been kind of uh, very slim this year with uh, all the different events and everything that I've been going on. But um, and also funds, too. You know, I mean, $75 may not seem like a lot, but, you know, when you fish three or four trail events and then you got your local events, it adds up pretty quickly. So it's just been a balancing act of trying to figure out what to, um, you know, what to do. So I still haven't decided yet, but I think I've still got some plenty of time to uh, figure everything out with that. And then uh, the last weekend of September is the uh, Great Lakes Final Championship, the Prairie du Chien event. Uh, so that should definitely be uh, interesting. I've never been up in that area. So uh, it'll definitely be another opportunity to have some fun fishing time, <coughs> um, as I call it, and uh, whatnot. So I'm, I'm, I'm still... Uh, that, that's kind of far ahead in advance right now that I haven't really thought about that one a whole lot. And it's you know, different to think about being a director and not having like an active participation role in it either. So it's not something that I've really had to like weigh heavy on or anything like that. But um, then after that, um, there's uh, the weekend, there, there's a break. And then the second weekend in October <clears throat> is going to be the uh, 
uh, women's kayak fishing experience with the Worldwide Women Fishing Federation. Um, this is going to be an amazing event. Um, again, I know I talked about this a little bit on my last podcast. I really need to get posting about it. I've kind of slacked on that a little bit. But um, this is an event just for women. It's uh, put on by Christine Fisher, Mel Isaacs, and Amanda Brannon. And we've got some really, really awesome events. Um, we're going to be putting on seminars, anything from um, safety, how to read your graphs, backing up a trailer, um, how to load uh, your trailer properly, um, how to you know properly choose rods and reels. Heck, we're even going to be doing a uh, Vessels of Clay Yoga where they do a SUP yoga class. So, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awesome too. So, and we're going to have uh, tons of different uh, kayaks uh, to um, try out. Uh, there'll be Hobie. I think there's going to be a Bonafide giveaway. Um, lots of different things like that. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save some of this juicy stuff for later because uh want to talk about um upcoming guests yeah i'm already gonna have some epic guests on my show which i am super 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 excited um my very first guest is going to be miss jean wilson uh super awesome lady um we actually just uh spoke a little bit on the phone um this evening when i got home to kind of talk, you know, kind of get to know each other because we actually don't know each other <laughs> and, um, you know, talk about what we want to talk on the podcast and uh, go from there. So um, look forward to that episode. That will be airing on um, Wednesday, September 4th. Um, so I am super excited for that. And then um, one of the uh, main organizers for the um, <clears throat> worldwide uh excuse me, uh, I've been dealing with, um, like allergies or a cold or something. So I'm constantly clearing my throat tonight. Um, but, uh, Mel Isaacs, who's one of the main, um, organizers for the worldwide women fishing federation. I've asked her, um, to do an interview as well. So she can talk more to you guys about, um, you know, the, the event, what's going to be going on, you know, how impactful and important this is to, uh, women, and uh, also, if you guys don't know, uh, Mel is also uh, the main gal for the Team She Angler Custom Baits. I didn't realize that she actually airbrushed her own baits, and she's an artist. Like, how awesome is that? <laughs> so, um, if you'd seen my post the other day, um, I got uh, four baits from her that she had uh, made for me. And uh, super excited to get to use those. Of course, you know, one of them was uh, my favorite bait this year, a jerk bait. And then two of them being whopper ploppers. Uh, super excited. And then that crank bait. Oh, baby. <laughs> that is a nice looking crank bait. So, yeah, I'm excited to get to the, use those and uh, talk with her. And uh, she'll probably air um, after I talk with Jean Wilson, um, which will be, I think, September 18th. So, uh, yeah, I've got some really uh, awesome guests coming up. Um, I've also got some awesome topics and ideas for other episodes that'll be coming up here. 
Um, so, you know, kind of going in thinking that, you know, this is going to be an every other week thing, you know, I, it might turn into an every week. Um, I think I might've said every week first, but it's an every other week podcast and we'll be doing <clears throat> every other week to start, but hopefully, um, you know, this will pick up and, you know, I can get more ladies, but you know, this isn't just limited to ladies. Um, you know, if there are guys on here, I, I have some guys in mind actually too, that, uh, I want to bring on and, uh, talk, uh, kayak fishing talk and, uh, things in general as well. So, you know, this isn't just for the ladies. Um, you know, this is for the guys as well. So be looking forward to all of that. Um, otherwise, um, that's kind of, uh, what is going on right now. Um, <clears throat> Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, talking at you guys and talking at my epic guest. Uh, big shout out to, um, <clears throat> my sponsors, uh, Excalibur Seasonings, uh, She Angler Custom Baits and Kistler Rods. Um, if you guys have any questions, concerns, want to talk fishy, want to go fishing, uh, hit me up. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, Outdoor Woman 84, um, Facebook page, The Adventures of Outdoor Woman. Uh, get a hold of me and let's go fishing. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night.